Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host, and I have a treat for you this week especially if you are a fan of the TV series Frasier. My special guest is Bruce Miller, and Bruce, along with his partner, wrote the closing theme to Frasier, Tossed Salads and Scrambled Eggs, and Bruce has done the music for Frasier and a lot of television shows, shows like uh, Wings and Becker. He was involved in Soul Train Designing Women, Knots Landing, he did Almost Perfect for Us, on and on and on, lots and lots of television shows. We're going to be talking about TV themes and music in TV shows, and we're also going to center on Frasier, and in particular, the closing theme, Tossed Salads and Scrambled Eggs. Bruce is going to explain the lyrics to you. <laughs> Also talk about the origin of that, and this is really cool. Did you know there is a four-and-a-half-minute-long version of the final theme? Well, it is a very rare recording, which we will play for you this week on Hollywood and Levine. So let's get it going. Bruce Miller, and this is the theme he's probably best known for. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Good night, everybody. Okay, Bruce, the first question I want to ask you is about the Frasier theme, because that's the one that my blog readers have been fascinated by. And a number of years ago, you were gracious enough to write about it in the blog, and that to this day is my most requested post. So could you talk a little uh, bit about tossed salad and scrambled eggs and how that came to be? That's, that's great. Nice to hear that people are reading that. Yeah. It uh, is nice that people are yeah, reading. I mean, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's been good to me. <laughs> I was on 
a show called Wings before Frasier. Right. And so I, I knew the executive producers. And uh, then when Frasier came along, they were putting out a call for a theme song. And so they had an idea. They wanted something a little jazzy, a little something. They didn't weren't quite sure, but, you know, whatever. And it, I think it went out to three of us. And I called my friend, my collaborator, uh, Daryl Finnessy, a great singer, studio singer. He, we've done a lot of themes, all kinds of stuff. He's very, very clever. I wrote the song pretty much as, as you've heard it. Okay. And Daryl went back and wrote some lyrics. So to get in the weeds a little bit with it, he said the, the thing was toss salads and scrambled eggs. <laughs> I, I did what most people do when I went. Like, what does that mean other than tossed salad has another yeah, meaning? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, a, yeah, that's a, also an issue. <laughs> but I was kind of, I said, you, you may want to go back and think about the show a little bit more. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be Fraser Crane, you know, the guy, you know, he's a snooty guy and he's, he's, he's sh- going to be a shrink and all that. And, and, and he said, no, he said, this is going to be great. He said, tossed salads. And people say tossed salad. It makes them crazy. It's tossed salads okay. and scrambled eggs. They're okay. things that are mixed up. People that come in to see Fraser Crane are mixed up. Okay. He's a shrink. So to literally go through it, I came up with the first line. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Okay. Because these people are sad. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, they're going there. They have problems. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And then he wrote, and maybe I seem a bit confused. And I said, but... Baby, but I got you pegged. And then, but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Okay. Because they're calling again. They hear the blues are calling. It's a, he's got a radio okay. show. All right. So Daryl, it, it was Daryl's genius, I think, that, that we got that show from. Now, uh, did you then pitch it to Peter Casey, David Lee, and David Angel? Yeah, well, well, we, we, did a, um, uh, we did a little demo, just a little simple little demo and sent right. it over. Uh-huh. And then, and then I got the call that we got the show. Uh huh. And it was funny because David Angel, who is just, you know, we all, you know, miss him and love him. Uh, at near the beginning, but we were at a session or something, and I remember he came up and he said, "The sweetest guy." And he said, "I can't tell you how glad I am that you won that uh, that blindfold test." Wow, how nice! It was very sweet. I said, "I said that's really sweet of you." I said, however, I've been doing your show Wings, and you've been really happy with it. And it's a shame that I had to take even be involved in a blindfold test. It would have been nice just to get the call. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll say thank you anyway, that I'm, I'm glad that, you, uh, that you're glad. By the way, uh, I should now mention that Bruce also did the music for our series, Almost Perfect, and we did not have a derby. We actually called you and... Worked with you on the theme. That show, I love that show. I wish that show was still there. First of all, Nancy Travis is a, a a fantasy figure of mine. I love her. She's in the Kaminsky Method now, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think is probably the best show on television. But that's just... You know, so that's one last man standing people don't realize. <laughs> She's not Kaminsky Method. <laughs> but I loved the smart shows that I've done. And Almost Perfect was one of those annoying shows that was smart and it didn't last... As long as it should have, it should have really had a long run, like Frazier. But, but we have to sometimes do the pablum. You never had to do the pablum. We got aftermash, and uh, we we got a, we got a few uh, bombs uh, of our own along the way. Just getting back and finishing up the Frazier <coughs> situation, 
so did you always think that Kelsey would be the the singer or did you figure that you would get somebody else or did your your partner think that he was going to be the guy because like Gary Portnoy who wrote the Cheers theme insisted that he had to be the singer Ooh. or he wouldn't Ooh. let him have it. Ooh. Yeah. No, uh, not even close. I, for me, it was Mel Torme. Oh, wow. Okay. It was Mel Torme. That's all I said. Uh-huh. That, this song was written for Mel Torme. That's what I would love. And then the guys, the, the Angel Casey and Lee, you know, called, we talked. And um, when they came to me with the idea of Kelsey, you know, of course, I didn't, I didn't really know Kelsey. I mean, I, I knew him from Cheers. But right, I, I didn't but you know didn't know guy. that he could sing. But the fact is, he actually put it over the top because of that performance. Yeah. It, Mel Thromey would have been amazing. Daryl would have been... Well, Daryl sings on it. We did a record version, like a four-minute version. Wow. That's really cool. We got the, the, the all-star players in there. Uh-huh. Daryl sang all the backgrounds by himself. He was at my studio. We literally... He did one part, and then I gave him a harmony part. He did sang that. Then I gave him another one. He sang that, doubled it. And it's like a, a, like a take six kind of a chorus behind Kelsey. And we added to the song. We, it's 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 pretty cool. Uh, Could I get a copy of that? Could I play that? I've got it in my phone. Yeah. Okay. It's it's it's, it's great. It, it just it's so much fun. All right. I I will play that at the conclusion of our interview. Cool. You know, and it's funny because we did it back then. That was all done with like tape and <laughs> cutting tape and doing all that stuff and uh, pre digital. Pre digital. Yeah. Now we would lay it into a to a track on one of our sequencers and and time stretch it do whatever we have to do make it perfect and out it goes all right i'm gonna play that at the end of this interview cool so one problem that you must face is that when you have producers who don't really understand music and they're telling you what they want and you kind of have to glean from that. It's got to be very frustrating. It's like saying to somebody, describe the color red over the radio. Describe red. I, I want it red. You go, well, what does that mean? It must be, like I said, very frustrating when you're trying to satisfy <laughs> producers and yet they can't articulate to you what it is that they want. You know, it's funny. It, 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 that part of it is not frustrating, actually. Really? I don't, I don't mind that. I mean, it's like not everybody's a musician. What is the problem is when you either have no means of communication with the execs or when they think they know and they try to tell you how to do it <laughs> as opposed to okay. what Angel Casey and Lee did where they would come to me and said, here's, here's what we need. Here's what we need it to sound like, what we need. Right. What is that? What do we do? And I may say, you want a tango. You don't want a jitterbug. You want a tango. So the frustration for me is working for people that think put, they know what they're they, doing. They either yeah. think they know what they're doing or they put music so far on the back burner that it's like anything will do, but then it turns out not anything will do because they're constantly just a little just picking at this and picking at that and and just not requesting things that make sense. You have to really know a variety of musical styles. Uh, I remember, again, going back to Almost Perfect, when we came to you and we really didn't know exactly what we wanted. And we 
we said, well, the show as we envision it, at this point, too, there's just a pilot, but the show as we envision it is kind of like an updated version of a 30s screwball comedy. So I remember we went to you and we said, we want a 30s screwball comedy type of theme, but contemporary. In other words, we want an old style, but contemporary. (laughs) (laughs) Go make, go do that. That's okay. And and you came up with a a really good theme, but I'm sure you sit down and there's all these contradictions that, you know, you're going, what? is in their heads. Okay, for commercials, it's that problem on steroids. <laughs> it's literally, I want up and I want down. Right. Well, which, which one should I favor? Uh, both, because that's what, the, you know, that's what the other four people that are trying for this spot are, are doing. Uh-huh. Yes, you have to know a lot of styles. We ended up, I remember, with with like kind of a big bandy kind of thing. It was yeah. like a 30s kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you had us drop the brass because it just felt heavy for you. Right. So it ended up being a little kind of a little jazzy thing. It wasn't it wasn't real modern jazz. It was very like just kind of that stuff. Here's the theme to Almost Perfect. theme from Almost Perfect, available on Amazon. Uh, You talked about uh, demos, and this was something that uh, was new to us. The first time David and I had our own show, we were looking to do our opening titles, and we talked to the head of music at the studio, and we said, so how does this work? And he said, well, the call goes out, to various composers, and they write and make demos for you. And I said, really? (laughs) They put in all that work? And he says, yeah, that's the way it works. I said, so how many people can we call? Like two or three? And he goes, no, you can call 10. It's like, what? (laughs) So for all the shows that you get... There are probably tons of shows that you don't. So he put out the word. I never met any of these people. You talk about not having any communication. I never met any of these composers. And all of a sudden, a week later, 10 tapes come in. And I'm listening to the tapes. And some of them are like a million miles off. But you think... You know, if I had the chance to tell them exactly what I wanted, he's just shooting at a moving target. He has no idea what I want or anything. That must be frustrating. Yeah, yeah, real frustrating. It's like when you get a show, I mean, I've been really lucky. I've been really lucky because this business, as you know, is is just fraught with disappointment at every turn. I mean, you're disappointed when you get a project <laughs> frequently and you're disappointed when you don't get the project even more. I mean, I haven't been... I, I'm I'm an orchestra guy. I come from live players, all that. I was a live player, all that. Um, 
depending on the day how live I was. But uh, <laughs> now I haven't been in a studio with, you know, an outside studio with an orchestra with musicians in years. Everything's done in my home with samples and and I've gotten real geeky and real techie. Uh, so now people want a demo. They want to hear a demo. They want to hear, it's got to sound like the LA Philharmonic. And they expect it to be great. They expect it to be like, so, I mean, fortunately, I, I love the technology, but that's what you're up against with these days. And everybody's cranking out demos and throwing them to the wind. And th- the best projects are the ones where you get a call because somebody knows you and somebody likes what you do and trusts you and says, we, roll up your sleeves. We're gonna, we need you and we need you to do makeup and, and you're a fantastic hairstyle, uh, uh, wardrobe person, whatever. You want to do that you're going to get your best product. Yeah, I I totally agree. With, with the least amount yeah. of stomach acid. You know, I really bemoan the loss of opening themes for TV shows. Mm. You know? I mean, that's another problem. That back in the day, you would be asked to come up with a one-minute opening title yep. theme song. And now it's like eight seconds. <laughs> if that. Yeah, if that. So it must be be very tough and uh and i'm one of those people you know networks say well the people don't want to see opening titles and i disagree i think opening titles it kind of puts you in the mood for the show and if you like the theme song has anybody ever had a problem with the opening theme of mash has anybody had to fast forward through the opening titles of mash or Cheers, or the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Don't aggravate me, because huh? MASH was Johnny Mandel, who <laughs> was just one of our heroes. I mean, it's, I've had to put that in, because oh, he was we, just, we love that. Oh, he's insane. That guy is so talented. And by the way, we never, on the TV show, ever, ever, in 11 years, used the lyrics. Right. We, we, we hated the lyrics. We hated the point of the lyrics. We just suicide. used the, the music. Yeah, Suicide is Painless. Yeah. Yeah. What are your favorite themes? I've been watching Perry Mason every night. I love that theme. See, the older, the older themes, the longer ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love The Fugitive. The Fugitive? Yeah. Yep. Mission yeah. Impossible. I love Mission Impossible. Mission Impos- I've done a lot of work with Lalo Schifrin. He, he's brilliant. And he, yeah, he did Mission Impossible theme. was great. The Mancini themes were unbeatable. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pink Panther and, and, you know, on and on and on and on. Yeah. Mr. Lucky and Peter Gunn. Peter Gunn was one of the great themes Peter ever. Peter Gunn was yeah. one of the great themes. Those, those, actually, those things were what got me started in writing music. Was when really? I heard, when I heard those things. And I actually found a way to meet with with Hank, he came through Detroit when I was at the end of high school or beginning of college. Wow, you met Henry Mancini. And I, Hank, I, as you call him. Yeah, a, a yeah. friend of mine, he said, you, you're going to have to, you, you got to meet him. You love this guy, you worship him, you got to do it. He dictated a letter. It's something like you would do. <laughs> he dictated a letter to me. He said, just write this down. You know, and, and he, it was this whole, this gushy letter. He said, but this is going to work. Anyway, I ended up having like a half an hour alone with him in his dressing room after a show. Wow. He was at the Fisher Theater in Detroit. And I was a kid. I said, what do I do? I mean, I'm asked all the so time. So did do you do? talk to him about music? Everything. Uh, he was so cool. And he, and he wrote a book called Sounds and Scores. 
that for, for orchestration arranging that I still tell every young kid that calls me, I say, get that book. There's other ones, the Piston book and, and several others that are, you know, very excellent. But this is the most nonsense, no nonsense, just nuts and bolts. This is what it is. You want it to sound like that? Here's what the trumpets sound like. And it comes with a, with a CD or back then it came with a, a, a cassette record. Probably. No, it's probably a record. A record. Oh, wow. Back then, a little yeah. record. So... So that, that's the thing. So, yeah, so those, those, I don't watch a lot of those shows. So looking at uh, your list of shows, and it's a long, long list, yeah. um, I noticed that you worked on the Motown Review starring Smokey Robinson. Right. What was that like working with Smokey Robinson? I mean, you know, you two are Motown guys, both from Detroit. Yeah. but uh, he, well, act- he actually lived... Exactly four houses up on the next block from where I grew up. Okay. Uh, but I didn't know him then. Okay. But I, I, I worked at Motown when I was in college. I used to sneak in there and write lead sheets for them. I did a lot of Motown stuff out here. So those people knew me and called me because I did a lot of loads of records. I mean, all those Temptations and Four Tops and just loads, loads of albums. That show was really cool. It was a summer series, six episodes of, can I swear to you, every major music act in the world was on that show on one of those six episodes. Uh-huh. And I was music director. So it's funny, I wrote a theme. It was a semi-original theme because it had this original groove, but it had to incorporate little snippets of all the big Motown songs. That So I had to throw these little things in there, but oh, it was wow. a long theme. Uh-huh. It was cool. Uh, I mean, I had... Ray Charles and Shaka Khan doing What Did I Say? Had the right of chart for that. You know, uh, Kim Carnes was on it, I remember. Uh, of course, the Four Tops and the Temps and all those acts. Uh, it's like everybody that was popular then was on that show, and Smokey was a very, very sweet guy and was a terrific host. And it was just this kind of homespun variety show. Wow, just kind of working with the all-stars of music. With the all-stars, every yeah. all-star, and we were we were on stage, the band was on stage, and it was it was great fun. I loved it. So I noticed you got like a list of a lot of shows that came and went. Yes. <laughs> and I can check off about four or five that I was associated with the same show, mm-hmm. uh, usually as a freelance director. But do you ever have a theme and you go, God, this is like a great theme. And the show is on and off in four weeks. And you go, can I you know, use this again in about 10 years? Uh, great you question. Know, do do great you ever uh, you, you kind just, of... No, you can't. You can't? You uh, can't. I mean, it just... The the legal red tape would be so insane uh-huh. because you never know. You you do a show and it can air. You know you can you can do six episodes. Three of them can air, but you never know when some genius finds a place for it on some obscure cable station and then it's back on. Right, and the theme's got to be sterile. You, you ever have a theme? You write it and you go, "Oh man, this is way too good for this stupid show." I'm just gonna put this one aside and come up with something else for them because yeah this is this is too good this show is going to last five weeks in all due respect uh-huh. i can't answer that uh-huh. you know <laughs> the, the ann fifth. coulter comedy show i don't know if this oh, is going to last <laughs> oh, ken. So you're doing ken levine <laughs> the fact is people that do what i do like you we're used to creating and producing 
in bulk doing what we do. So you kind of can't think about that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys have written things where it's like, oh, this is amazing. I thought of it for this show, but I know I'm going to want this. This is a whole other show. Right. <laughs> but you can't use yeah, it. No. And in our case, oftentimes we'll be rewriting other people. And, you know, some of my best jokes <laughs> are in other people's shows. Right. You know, but that's... That's just part of the game. <laughs> These shows, the problem is that I don't know. Will you tell me this? I'm the interviewer for a second. Yeah, only because, okay. I'm, because I'm, I'm really curious about this. Be does, kind. Does the horse come before the cart or the cart come before the horse? That is, who's, who's making the decisions for this? Is it the studio? Is it the network? Or is it the creator who's saying, we want two notes of a theme song? Or we want a full theme song, or we want music that's in the, the background. Network. Yeah, no, that's the network. Because I think every producer, if given his choice, would have an opening title sequence with a theme. But it is the networks. In fact, <coughs> I'll tell you a, a a fun story. When we had a series called Big Wave Daves with Adam Arkin, you can see episodes on YouTube. Go to YouTube and, and see that. And we had an opening title sequence and the network wanted again just to do you know an eight note five second thing and we said this is a show that's set in hawaii and we're doing it multi-camera on a sound stage in front of an audience said so at least for the opening title let's see hawaii (laughs) and they said okay And we said, great, so we want to do a a minute theme. And they said, 30 seconds. And I said, 45. And they came back and went, 36. I went, 42. I mean, literally, that I'm negotiating with the president (laughs) of CBS on (laughs) how many seconds we could do and... And we did get opening themes, but when we went for almost perfect, same thing. We said, "Boy, we would just love opening that." No, no, and that was twenty years ago. Yep, that was twenty years it's, ago. It's insane. Yeah, it's it's just the net. The, evidently, then the networks are shooting themselves in the foot. And, and what's happened now? Now all of a sudden, all the networks, all these cable stations, all this stuff, the competition arose, and if they look at the cable shows and see the the main title sequences. I've never understood why multi-camera comedies won't use music except for for little transitions. There's no reason for it. If a single cam can do it, background stuff, a multi-cam can do it. It it doesn't mean that it's appropriate for every show. Right. Like Frazier had no music in the show except for special stuff that I had to write for the episode. But there were no transitions. It was fine for that. But a lot of these shows would do great by having a little groove, a little something underneath, some dialogue, uh, and and, and, and a, a, a tasteful composer could come up with things that just help the show move along a little bit, just give it a little motion or a little emotion. Well, Bruce, this has really been fun. Thank you so much. And again, we're going to end with the full, rarely heard Frasier theme. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ken. My pleasure. Do-ba-do-wah. Do-ba-do-wah. Do-ba-do-wah.
Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Now let me see if I understand you. The problem I think you said. Oh my. And maybe I'm often misconstrued. But babe, I'll never pull your leg. Mercy. Just don't know what to do. Because the cell is in Calling again. Quite stylish. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. 
going again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya-ya The salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Right, wasn't that cool? That is the long version of tossed salads and scrambled eggs, along with some watermarks for legal purposes. And again, our thanks to Bruce Miller for that recording and for a really fun interview. And that's going to do it for this week. Our thanks, as always, to Adam and Susie Meister-Butler, to Howard Hoffman and John Wolfert. If you want to get in touch with me for any reason, you can just email me at hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That is hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. I will write you back. You can follow me on Twitter at Ken Levine. Also, I am on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. And as always, please subscribe. So thanks once again to Bruce Miller, and we will talk to you next week. Bye bye. Hollywood and Levine. Good night, everybody. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.